Hello, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Federalist Files. On today's show, the continued push for COVID vaccinations. I debunk the appeal to authority complex in relation to this. Uh, the GOP report has a report coming out providing more evidence that COVID came from the Wuhan lab, how solar panels may leave a bigger carbon footprint than gas and oil, and finally, Elizabeth Warren characterizing student debt forgiveness as a racial justice issue. patrols hit the streets of Sydney on Monday to help enforce coronavirus curbs as Australia struggles to stop the Delta variant from spreading. Around 300 unarmed military personnel have been tasked with going door to door, checking that people who have tested positive are isolating at home. They're also accompanying police officers on the hunt for rule breakers, combing neighborhoods that have emerged as hotspots as the country's largest city enters its sixth week of lockdown. So in Sydney, Australia, right now, they're going through some hardcore lockdowns. They've, they have mobilized the military to hold down the city of, of Sydney, okay? Uh, a lot of cities right now in Australia are dealing with the same problem. Over the weekend, there were some protests in Australia that got pretty violent. Um, the Australian authorities and the police over there were pretty much ragdolling people, throwing them to the ground because they want liberty. If you actually look at the vaccination rates over in Australia compared to the United States, and this just kind of goes to show how political this issue is and the dichotomy between these two countries, Australia has a lower uh, vaccination rate than the United States, and it's not because it's political for them. It's because they actually believe, I guess, in some sort of semblance of liberty, and they just don't really care for getting the vaccination. It's a very laid-back culture as well, whereas in the United States, it's become such a political issue that you have more than 50% of the population took an experimental vaccination, experimental vaccination, where liabilities uh, or liability was stripped from you, the person getting the vaccine. So, so, so there's extra liability protection to the manufacturers of the vaccine. It's an experimental vaccination. If something were to happen to you, you cannot sue them. They are not liable. And meanwhile, we have more than 50% of the population that has gone ahead and gotten the jab. And now we're seeing even more of this. We're seeing the government try to push this through private industry. Yeah, Governor Cuomo himself asking uh, private businesses to require to require customers to be vaccinated. This is a CNBC piece. It's written by Berkeley Lovelace. And this is a quote that, and, and this is what he told reporters, this is a quote from Cuomo. He states, and I quote, I am asking them and suggesting to them, go to vaccine only admission. I believe it is in your best interest. And when you say something like that, I believe it's in your best. And he probably said, I believe it's in your best interest. It's almost like a mobster saying that that to you. I don't know if it's because he's Italian, but I mean, you're a governor of a state and you're telling the private industry how to conduct their business, which is just against freedom to begin with. And then saying, I believe it's in your best interest because guess what? I can, it'd be a shame if somebody burned down your business. That's what the, the mob would show up and they'd be like, ah, nice business you got here. Be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> Which is, that's what it sounds like uh, Cuomo's kind of doing a little veiled threat here. He wants the idea of customers have to have vac- be vaccinated to go into private businesses. He's telling private business owners this. Therefore, instilling a, a, a process where now everyone will have to get vaccinated. If you want to live in, and, and I've been saying this now uh, for months, if you want to live in proper society... If you want to be part of the society, you're going to have to get vaccinated. That's what the government is trying to implement here. Okay, so infectious disease experts and public health officials fear COVID cases fueled by the Delta variant could continue to surge into the fall season when Americans head back indoors and employers begin to bring workers back to the office. In an attempt to slow the spread of the virus, some businesses are asking customers and their employees to show proof of vaccination. On Friday, Disney 
said it is requiring all salaried and non-union hourly employees to be fully vaccinated against COVID by the end of September. So we're starting to see this kind of move. I mean, we see it in the health industry. It's going on. And now we're seeing it. It's going to be moved into some of these big corporations. That's that's a definite uh, that's a definite possibility, and not, not really even just a, a definite end game for a lot of these big industries, big businesses, especially if they're not unionized. So I have another. I have a clip from from CNN. Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo are talking about this. So so we're seeing it from the DNC themselves. We're seeing it from Andrew Cuomo. And then you got Andrew Cuomo's brother on CNN with Don Lemon, and these are the people that the liberals listen to late at night. They, people actually legitimately watch these two idiots mumble back and forth on CNN. Uh, play clip six. Don't get the vaccine, you can't go to the supermarket. Don't have the vaccine, you don't show it, can't go to the ball game. Don't have the vaccine, can't go to work. You don't have the vaccine, can't come here. No shirt, no shoes. No service. That's where I think we should be right now, because we continue to waste our breath on people who are just not going to change. They're, you know, the circular logic. They just keep going back and saying, well, it's my freedom. It's whatever. I'm. That's the characterization from Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo. That's what you're going to get on CNN, that they don't care about your freedom. We should have full implementation of the communist authoritarian regime down your throat. And the problem is, this is why liberty lovers never like the idea of big government, because, yeah, right now, Don Lemon, that works for you guys right now, right? But what happens when somebody else gets into power, and it's a Republican, or it's somebody that's a right-winger, and then the executive now has the precedent to do all of those things that that he that were done before him, right? Or, or rather, the, even the legislative authority, they have the power to, there's a precedent that gets set, now... They think those powers that they have, even even though fundamentally they don't have the powers to do those type of actions, even though they're going for them right now. They're currently asking politicians or they're asking private industry to restrict who can and cannot come into their building, who can and cannot work with them, all based on vaccination status. Last time I checked, we no longer have uh, segregation in this country, but I guess we're going to do it now through vaccinated and, and unvaccinated this to me, this blows, and and we're not talking about recreational activities. He said go to a ball game, whatever. We're talking. He says the grocery store. How else, unless if you're living in the middle of the woods and you're hunting elk, how else are you getting food? So so you're not able to live. Then that means in society, unless if you get that is a mandatory vaccination. That is mandatory no matter what. That is mandatory. Telling people, well, you can't go to the grocery store unless you're vaccinated. Okay, that automatically means that's a. It's either you get vaxxed or you die. Those are the two, those are the two options, in that case scenario. I mean, the fact that that is on cable news. You have cable news anchors who are supposed to be journalists that go on television and gallivant around like that is a joke. It is a sham. It is a farce to our republic. They're enemies of the country. Uh, there's no other way, there's no other words I can use to illustrate it any better than that. They are enemies of the countries, they're the country, they're enemies of liberty and freedom. Okay, so I have also, I have Chris Cuomo again, and th this was a hilarious, I, I left this back over the weekend. This was before actually the comments by uh, Andrew Cuomo recently, but you have Chris Cuomo on here with a restaurant owner, I believe it's an Italian restaurant, guy's name's Tony, which is pretty stereotypical for an Italian restaurant owner. And they're talking about he, he makes he makes a restriction on his on his uh, on his restaurant. You need to be unvaccinated to come in. Any vaccinated people are not allowed. And and really he's doing it to make a point, which is going straight over uh, Chris Cuomo's head here because he's a dumb block of wood and he doesn't know anything. Uh, but is a hilarious exchange uh, back and forth. Play clip seven. The whole reason this is happening is because people won't protect themselves, Tony. I mean, what are you thinking? Then why did you leave your house when when you had COVID? I mean, you had it and you left your house. I mean, it's been documented. First right? of all, so it has been documented. My ass, it's been documented. I quarantined. I went out. It? My wife got accosted by somebody. I don't know, man. You're and I, I know you don't know, so I'm trying to help you. The science is clear, Tony. 
trying to help me. I'm I don't want to you to you. get sick the way I was the sick. science is clear. Oh, you care about me all of a sudden, huh? Enough to have you on the show because I don't like people uh, making bad decisions for themselves and their family. I was hoping it was a little bit of a stunt. You have the freedom not to take the vaccine. Well, I just don't know why you think it's a good move. Maybe uh, maybe we should ask your brother about protecting people, right? Hey, I look, mean, that's his job. Uh, and if he doesn't no, do it well, whole, people won't whole, vote for him. That's a whole new can of worms. But don't, look, Tony, look, I don't Listen, know if you know me too well. My, I'm not sure I my stand much. is not I'm a political stand. You about stand. You. Yeah, good. I appreciate that, too, because I know you talk a lot. So, so my my stance here is a pro-freedom stand only. It's not political. You're never going to... If you come down here, you're not going to see a Trump flag flying over the roof, okay? You're not going to see campaign signs. You're not going to see campaign slogans or political slogans ever, okay? You're only going to see pro-freedom messages, and that's it. Um, and you're not going to drag me down the hole talking about the science. This is not about whether I'm pro-vaccine or not. I'm pro-freedom, anti-tyranny, okay? And, uh, you know, may maybe the conversation should really be between me and your brother. That, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe so. You're pro-freedom, but people can't wear masks. Tony, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. I gave you a chance to make the case. I wish you well. I hope your family stays safe. I made my case. You didn't have much to say. You didn't have much to say. I mean, so honestly, I you sound like an idiot, so there's not much to say. But, Tony, good luck with it. See you. And so do you. Yeah. I, so I, you. Only for having you on the show. That was my only mistake. So, yes, Chris Cuomo wants to make decisions for business owners. I don't want you to hurt yourself or your family. Uh, that's that's okay though, right? But if if from his perspective, he's he's able to make as a journalist on CNN, he's able to tell people how they should live their lives, how they should run their businesses, and no dissent is allowed. Uh, the best part is where he asks Chris Cuomo, "What about when you were, what about when you were supposed to be quarantined and and you didn't? You defied the quarantine order and you went out?" And he goes, "Listen." He goes, I quarantined, and then I went out. <laughs> like, he admitted, in his response, he admitted that, yes, he broke the rules, and he didn't really care about it. And then he brought up, you know, uh, Andrew Cuomo. It's just a ballsy move. I appreciate that. Especially to this guy, Tony Roman, this guy going on TV. Uh, he's out of Huntington Beach, California, and he owns a place called uh, Pasta and Vino, which is pasta and wine. Uh <laughs> It's just funny, man. It's so stereotypical if you're watching on Rumble. It's just like a stereotypical Italian guy. He's got the hair slicked back. And, yeah, that's the opinion is pro-freedom. That is it. It's pretty simple. If people can make their own decisions and their own risk analysis, whether or not you, you feel like taking the risk of going to somewhere where people are not vaccinated and people don't have masks on, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty simple. We can start making places by Yelp review. We can have these people require masks. These people don't require masks. Maybe that's what will end up happening with this. I just can't see private industry going down the throat of everybody and forcing everyone to be vaccinated to come into their businesses because there is a still a money incentive in running your industry. And when you say we're not going to accept people that are unvaccinated, you're now cutting your clientele base by a good 40%. Uh, those that's that's very similar to what the numbers are. So Fauci uh, can't get his facts straight. I have this article from Foundation of Economic Education written by Hannah Cox. And this is kind of an important part because what we've seen from the administration, what we've seen from C hacks at CNN, we've seen just the marching out of authority figures or people that have an education or, or some sort of a degree. You have Fauci practice medicine like 40 years ago. He hasn't seen a patient in, and I believe it's like 30, 40 years. They march these people out and then they appeal to their power and they say, well, well, Dr. Fauci's a virologist. Uh, he studies this and that. So automatically we need to listen to him in any health concerns, concerns whatsoever, unequivocally where he is, uh, he's immune to criticism. So once I, again, I said, Hannah Cox writes this article and it just shows Senator Rand Paul, she left it in the, in the piece, he has a, a tweet that he threw up there. It shows that Dr. Fauci's NIH did fund the Wuhan Virology Lab, and that's a verbatim admission from their chief scientist, Dr. Xi Zhengli, um, which is great. He said himself in his own paper, and it was a pathogen paper that he wrote, talking about SARS-related coronaviruses, 
Um, trying to look at what year it was in. It was November 30th, 2017, when this article was written. It was a scientific journal uh, from the head, from the head uh, doctor, scientist, chief scientist over there, Xi Jing Li. And he said himself in this article that he wrote, okay, funding this work funded by National Natural Science Foundation of China, the National Institutes of Health. So also also stating that this was funded by the NIAID, and that is what Fauci heads. So this guy himself, the chief scientist over in China, says, yes, our gain-of-function research that we have over here, it was thank, thank you to the United States. You guys helped us fund this. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> so, so this article goes on to say, for his part, Fauci claims he doesn't regret lying to the American people theoretically engage endangering millions of lives according to his current position because there was a shortage of PPE at the time. So if you guys don't remember, he came out and told everybody not to wear masks because they're ineffective. Uh, you touch it too many times. It doesn't really cover all of the, the holes. And then also the, um, the aerosols go through the mask because the mask just is not tight enough. Aerosols are so small. They're, they're, you cannot even see them. They're so small, right? And then he walks all that back months later. He says, oh, well, the, well, we were worried about a shortage in the supply chain of, of uh, personal protective equipment. So I just lied about that. I just made that up. Uh, I don't think he actually did make that up for that specific reason, but that's what he did. He walked it back and said that. Now, evidence suggests there could be another layer to the story that complicates the narrative over Fauci's flip-flop. But if we listen to Fauci's account, he essentially believed it was all right to prioritize some lives over others and lie to the people in the process. So that's him talking about specifically um, wearing the masks. And then I think he also states stuff about schools I have here as well. The Biden administration has claimed misinformation on social media platforms is killing people and has openly been pressuring Facebook to remove posts that do not align with their narrative. So yes, you had Dr. Fauci telling people not to wear masks, then telling people to wear masks, and then he's been all over the place in, the, in terms of the guidance, saying the CDC says this, I say this. I mean, he's he's flip-flopped. He has taken more positions, as Ben Shapiro would say, than the, uh, the Karma Sutra. He's been all over the place, right? So Jen Psaki herself said, and I quote, we're flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical experts who are popular with their audience with accurate information. So we're helping get trusted content out there, end quote. So yes, you have Fauci that has actually cost lives in this country because some of his, some of his decisions, and, and not only lives due to coronavirus, but we're talking lives due to suicides, due to overdoses, people that were not getting the help that they needed because they weren't socializing in, in proper society as they should have been, which caused them to go into some sort of a deep depression. Or de The numbers of, of suicide and depression numbers are, are way up comparatively to normally, right? So, and, and this is due to f some of Fauci's guidance. And like I said, he, he's been prioritizing, especially in some of these school systems, he's prioritizing the teachers' unions, um, over the children, over the kids and the kids are, and it's really a cowardly society that we have where adults, because they're afraid, they're scared. They have to force things on their children, knowing that their children are not at risk for something just to, in essence, keep themselves safe. It's, it's really pathetic. It's like, it'd be like a scene from a cartoon show when, Someone's going to be attacked by the uh, the monster in the tail. Somebody takes takes you know one of their one of their I guess you would call them one of their protagonist characters and puts it in front of them to shield themselves. That's kind of what we're doing right now. That's what that's what some of these parents are doing with their children. They're putting their children in front of themselves. Hey, take my child. Don't take me. That's really what's going on here, unfortunately. So, Thomas Sowell describes the appeal to education and authority fallacy perfectly and i think this is something that is this is actually the real epidemic in our society right now is this idea of we listen to the elitist snobs that come from academia they're such geniuses in today's day and age and they're going to fix all of our problems for us let's take the assigned job of the legislative authority 
and let's give it away to the CDC and Dr. Fauci and let them make policy for everybody. Uh, check check out Thomas Sowell debunking uh, the appeal to education authority slash authority fallacy. Play clip two. Uh, this has been a set of assumptions that's been very popular among intellectuals. What has happened in our time is that intellectuals have been taken much more seriously since the 60s than they were before. I think we're suffering the consequences of it. It's not the first time in history that intellectuals have been taken seriously, uh, and disasters have followed. So we shouldn't have taken Milton Friedman seriously? Mil- Milton Friedman, uh, no. is, one, is, is a very no, no, atypical intellectual. No, no, you can't play this game and say, well, no, no. we shouldn't take intellectuals seriously, then accept those no, that no. I happen to think are no, right. No, 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 take no, them no, seriously. no. By, by, by seriously, I mean, in a sense, I should have clarified this in the sense that they are exempted from the test of facts that it work. When I hear people come on the air and say these lofty things, right. I say to myself, show me where we've ever gotten better off listening to people like this. Right. All right, I, 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 I see these psychologists coming on and say, how you should raise your children. I said, how are children better today now that we've been listening to these people for 30 years? Are they happier? Are they more learned? Uh, you know, test scores go down, venereal disease goes up, yeah. suicide rates go up. In what way are we better off for having listened to them? But it's- Thomas Sowell brings up a really good point. We've had elitists, we've had academia now especially, we listen to the experts in our society, and what he's really saying is there's a groupthink mentality and ideology, and because of that groupthink mentality and ideology, they've already reached their end, especially these scientists, they've already reached their end, and they're not practicing the hypothesis over and over again, uh, testing it and experimenting, right? They're no longer doing that. They've reached their end and that's it. And there's this group think ideology and they all hold the same opinion. So it continues to self-perpetuate itself, right? And this is exactly what he's referring to. And then more importantly, and I've, I myself have not thought of this, but he is right in terms of psychologists. If you look at children now comparatively to years ago, there's definitely higher higher depression rates. Things are totally messed up in our society. Our society's devolving uh, we've lost a lot of our traditional Western cultural values, family values in the home. Uh, there's just like that that sense of, and I hate to use the word just because I can't think of a better one, but some ratchet shit that goes on in society that has not really been, it has not gotten better over time. It's, it's continued to get worse, our society. A lot of our cultural norms have gotten worse. So what you ask is you say to the psychologist, we let you guys into this deal years ago, right? You guys are the professionals. You guys are the experts. Why is it that we continue to decline in a negative aspect? There's there's nothing good about what's going on societally right now in the United States that you can hold your hat on. You could say, well, you know, this is bad. This is bad. But at least we have this going on very well for us in our society. I can't think of one thing. And a lot of these things are determined. Uh, a lot of these societal, cultural norms are determined by pop culture, they're determined by academia, uh, the educational system, because that's really where your kids go. Your kids will be going to an education system seven, eight hours a day. That's what goes on, and then when they get to college, if they go to college, they do the same thing all over again. So that's determining, that is shaping the opinions of, of these younger people, and then they grow up into adults, they have children, the whole entire process just continues to perpetuate itself. Uh, it just repeats over and over again. And that's how we've gotten to where we are, where there's not a denial of or a condemnation of socialism slash communism. We just continue to get closer and closer to it. We get, I mean, I remember when Obama, that was not political, when Obama came out and he was talking about Obamacare, which is pretty much just a Mitt Romney policy. Mitt Romney had that going on in Massachusetts, the same thing, single payer health care plan. And people at first, when when they heard of it, they didn't. They hated the idea of it. Most people did, um, for what I understand, right? And now it's a popular opinion to say for, to yell for free health care from the uh, from the rooftops. So you see, as time has gone on, that we become more accepting of socialism slash communism and the state taking care of us all, and us exporting our our uh, responsibility in giving it to the government, giving away our responsibility to care for our families and ourselves, giving it away to the government. And I think part of this has been facilitated through the utilization of the uh, of the academic institutions and the brainwashing of our, our culture and our youth as well. So Jen Psaki continuing to support the uh, CDC mask guidance. She gets asked the question, and she says we are full-fledged in on whatever the CDC tells us to do. We're going to listen to the experts. Uh, play clip three. 
variant that had uh, increasing was clear from the beginning had a great a great deal of transmissibility was a threat uh, to people who were unvaccinated. We did more than 100 interviews with officials conveying exactly that. And the reality is we are dealing with a much different strain of this virus than we were uh, even earlier in the spring, back in May, when the uh, masking guidance was uh, was done, provided by the CDC at that time. That is their job. Their job is to look at evolving information, evolving data, uh, an evolving historic pandemic, and provide guidance to the American public. And what is your message to Americans who are feeling whiplash right now? Why should they trust the same group of health officials who just two months ago told them they don't have to wear a mask anymore inside? Because our goal is to save their lives. And our responsibility and the responsibility of public health officials is to continue to provide updated guidance if it warrants from an evolving virus. Our message to the American public is uh, we are at war. We continue to be at war with a virus, an evolving pandemic. Our responsibility here is to always lead with the science and always lead with the advice of health and medical experts. And we're going to continue to provide information to all of you about how to protect yourself and save your lives. We're not saying that wearing a mask is convenient or people feel like it, but we are telling you that that is the way to protect yourself, protect your loved ones. And that's why uh, the CDC is issuing this guidance. I will say Jen Psaki, the more I watch her, the more uncomfortable she looks up there in that spot, in that position, which I think by the end of the year, that's why she's going to back out of it. Yes, she, once again, they extol this value that we really care about you, the government really cares about you, we have a responsibility to care for you and your health, you can't do it yourself, it's all up to us, and we, and, and what she keeps trying to make this weird distinction where she says it's the guidance, it's just the guidance, and we're just telling you, we're educating, we're we're giving you the science, and that's it. And then you make your own decision. She's making it like it's a hands-off approach. Like, don't worry, this entire time we've been just kind of educating you and giving you the scientific data and the analysis and the guidance to to protect yourself and your family because that's our responsibility. Um, and you have been able to make this decision under your own institution to make your own decision and that's just not the case the case has been the government has made the decision from for you from the very beginning of this thing and then scared people by using the media apparatus into going and getting experimental vaccination okay whether you got the vaccine or not they are pushing vaccines right now they're talking about shutting making private industry reject you if you don't have a vaccination and they're trying to make it they're trying to mainline it like they do with healthcare through your uh through your employer so you have to go and get vaccinated or else you can't make a living anymore in this country you can live in the polite society that we have right and i've said this i've been saying this i've been echoing this now for months and now it just progressively has been getting worse and worse that's the I, I have said that, and then I also I also called the shutdown of um, Trump off on social media. I was reading Section 230 before any of that stuff happened, before Trump got kicked off and they purged everybody from Twitter. I was talking about Section 230 and how it's going to be a problem in the near future. I didn't know it would be that quick. I, I wasn't predicting that. I also didn't know that they would pull this stunt this fast, or they would even pull this stunt, especially with the numbers. There's nothing to justify anything that's being even to begin with there's nothing to justify it because there is a certain amount of sovereign individual responsibility and rights that you have yourself to protect yourself and your family right in the government that's not the government's job the government's job is to not to protect you from yourself it's to protect it's to protect you from other people but here's what the problem is when everybody when when you're vaccinated you now are no longer at risk from other people so it does now the government is completely overstepping their boundaries, right? So this is not their responsibility, but they're making it like it is their responsibility. But then they also have this weird approach, the way Jen Psaki is, is explaining it is, oh, well, we have the hands-off approach. We're just giving you information because that's our job. And that's just not the case. They're giving information, and then state governments are taking it, and they're running with it, telling everybody to wear masks here, wear masks there. They're doing it all over the place right now. They're reinstating mask mandates. 
and no one knows why. And the CDC comes out with a study from India that's been disproven. It's been rejected from the scientific society because it's an inaccurate study of people that were vaccinated with a vaccine that is not legal in the United States and how in India there's people that have that vaccine are spreading it. It's it's a vaccine that does it has no relation to the United States because it's not the same vaccine that's taken in the United States. It's just unbelievable what's going on right now. That no one's no one sees this. I'm noticing in New Jersey, everywhere I go, uh, and I know I, I know folks. I'm I'm talking deeply about this. I know a lot of others probably are as well. I hate to have to talk about it. I don't want to talk about this stuff, but this is what is is in the news cycle, and this is probably the biggest attack on civil liberties we've had over this past year and a half, uh, all time, uh, in the United States of America. Right. So I, I go around, you know, New Jersey, I'm starting to notice we got, I noticed in the very beginning when they started talking about this Delta variant, all oh, people are starting to put their masks back on. And then I realized, okay, more, more. I mean, it's getting to the point where I walked in, I walk into places and I think, is there a mask mandate in this specific store? Because everyone except for my, me is wearing a mask and that's not what it is. It's just, everyone's legitimately scared. Everyone is afraid because the media apparatus tells them to be afraid because the media works for the DNC. The media works for the establishment. They work for the state. Um, we no longer have really that much of an independent media. There's a couple of news sources that are independent, and those those media, the bad actor media, go after them constantly so people don't trust them, even though they're mo the most trustful ones or the most trustful sources. So the GOP has a new report that came out that shows evidence COVID came from the Wuhan lab. Uh, this is a Washington Examiner piece. I'm sure you're going to hear about this if you haven't heard it from uh, anywhere yet. You're going to hear it here the first time. It's written by Jerry Dunleavy. The House Foreign Affairs Committee Republicans released their report on COVID-19's origins, pointing to evidence of a lab leak, genetic modification, and a cover-up, making the case of the virus accidentally emerged from the Wuhan lab in August or September of 2019. The report concluded that, and I'm quoting, the preponderance of evidence suggests SARS-CoV-19 was accidentally released from a Wuhan Institute of Virology laboratory sometime prior to September 12th, 2019, and the virus or the viral sequence that was genetically manipulated was likely collected in a cave in Yunnan province, PRC, between 2012 and 2015. <laughs> uh, the report also said that Wuhan lab researchers, CCP officials, and potentially American citizens as well, all of them, and I'm quoting from the piece, directly engaged in efforts to obfuscate information related to the origins of the virus and to suppress public debate of a possible lab leak end quote so yes they have done this i mean we found this through the facebook fact check through, through the facebook email to dr fauci uh we've seen it from twitter we've seen it from facebook shutting down putting disclaimers on posts stopping the distribution of those posts which i think was was proved by um, this was proved by Facebook, but I think that was related to Hunter Biden. I think, but I'm sure I'm sure Facebook is using those same techniques and information that they do not want disseminated out there. So the report concludes that, and I'm quoting: the preponderance of the evidence proves the virus did leak from a Wuhan lab, and it contends that the removal of the Wuhan, uh, the WIV's virus, which is the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology's virus and sample database in September 2019, as well as safety concerns expressed by science by Chinese scientists, and a host of circumstantial evidence points to the conclusion that the virus leaked from the lab. Okay, so in September of 2019, which is around the time when this virus leaked from the lab, there was instantly a cleaning of the server of of the database of the virus and sample database, which had something like 20,000 different virus and samples built into that database. The entire thing was wiped clean. All evidence was deleted, which is what they would call circumstantial evidence, which is ridiculous. But a State Department fact sheet 
uh, released in January, contended that Wuhan lab researchers, and I'm quoting, conducted experiments involving RATG-13, which is also known as the bat coronavirus, identified by the Wuhan Institute of Virology in January 2020 as its closest sample to COVID-19, 96.2% similar in terms of its uh, composition genetically. Okay, so this is a very similar, and this was in January, and the lab had, has a published record of conducting gain-of-function research to engineer chimeric viruses, which is, that's just known. I mean, that's known as a fact at this point. I mean, I don't know how, how that's even debatable. We have people that work in the lab writing scientific journals saying that it is gain-of-function, and, and by what what Fauci says is, oh, well, by my standard, it isn't. No one cares what your standard is. We know what a gain-of-function research study is. This is this weird, once again, this appeal to authority and education where he is the science now. Dr. Fauci is the science, and he determines what science is because he has a degree. That That's how stupid we are. That's how rudimentary we are in America. We think so much of higher education, higher learning. I'm sure that there's a lot of you right now that work a job after going to college, and your job has nothing to do with your college education or... You're not using your college education in the job that you're working now. It's a job that you could have done out of high school, even though you needed the accreditation of this college education, this diploma, right? So the fact sheet uh, asserted the lab, and I'm quoting, engaged in classified research, including laboratory animal experiments on behalf of the Chinese military, end quote, and that lab workers became sick with coronavirus-like symptoms in autumn 2019 i mean this is crazy so yes it was autumn 2019 then they kind of misreported it it was around september october time when people started to get coronavirus uh like symptoms and then they wiped the servers and and we're gonna get to that that database here the gop report noted that the wuhan lab online database contained and i'm quoting more than 22,000 entries consisting of sample and pathogen data collected from bats and mice, end quote. The database was pulled offline on September 12, 2019, and the report noted that there was, there has been, and I'm quoting, no consistent answer, end quote, as to why it has not been put back online. So yes, it was taken off September 12, 2019. It was pulled offline completely after, after everybody caught the coronavirus. And it's never been put back online. The report contends that one or more researchers could have became uh, become infected with the virus after collecting it in the wild or manipulation in the lab and could have subsequently provided a vector for the virus to spread while traveling to and from the Wuhan Institute of Virology on the Wuhan Metro or a daily shuttle service that was available. The Republicans said the report and I'm quoting, lays out ample evidence that researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in conjunction with the U.S. uh, scientists and funded by both the PRC government and the U.S. government were conducting gain-of-function research on coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So yes, this, and, and, and another thing that I read too as well, in terms of something that passes on from one person to another, um, coming from, derived from an animal, another mammal, like a bat, it's very difficult for that to happen. And if it does, it's it fizzles out pretty quickly. If we talk about swine flu, how quick swine flu was kind of in and out. No one really even cared about it. If you look at deaths from swine flu over the years, it actually was a lot higher than you thought it was. Just there was no, because it was the Obama administration, no one really cared about it. But it's not often where it happens, where it comes from, another animal, there must be some sort of genetic modifying uh, mechanism that makes it that transmissible. So the GOP report noted that there is ample evidence the Chinese government, uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology researchers and others were working to discredit the suggestions that the uh, virus could have been human-made or leaked from the lab. It also points to the installation of a people's Liberation Army's bioweapons expert as the head of the Wuhan Institute of Virology Biosafety Level 4 lab in late 2019 rather than January 2020, as has been previously reported. The new report said that the 
People's Liberation Army's uh, Major General, and I'm quoting from the piece, taking over part of the Wuhan Institute of Virology demonstrates that the Chinese Communist Party was concerned about the activity happening there as news of the virus was spreading. And that if the Chinese military actually took control in 2019, then it would mean the CCP knew about the virus earlier and that the outbreak began earlier. So this is really what happened. So they're claiming they changed the head of this biosafety lab, the bioweapons expert, right? They changed it in January 2020 when COVID was already kind of leaked. It was it was going around. But now the case is they actually changed that person's position in late 2019. So they knew about this going on and they said, okay, we got to get somebody from the Chinese military in there and they need to fix this problem. And that's what they did. And they tried to shut down and suppress any content and discredit any content that suggests that it came from the Wuhan lab. So the Chinese military, I have another clip here. This is very interesting. I just thought I'd play this. It seems like the Chinese military is training the, the Cuban military right now. We have some pictures from NTD.com. Uh, play clip four. The Chinese military may be closer than you think. A group of photos shows China's paramilitary training Cuban special forces just outside Havana. ADN Cuba, a new Spanish language media, recently obtained this set of photos. In black, the Cuban regime's special forces, also known as the Black Berets. And in green, the Chinese regime's People's Armed Police, a branch of the Chinese military. NTD Talking Points host David Zhang interviewed an ADN journalist and an exiled Cuban author to find out more. They have been chairing private groups like the same organization that has been sanctioned recently by, by the administration. And the photos is, began circulating around uh, February, which is exactly around the same time that the Cuban state press published a story about how the Chinese military was modernizing. More than anything, that clip just shows, think about the tactics, right? Who else did the same thing? Who else was training Cubans in Cuba? I was, it was the Soviet Union. The Soviets, our biggest enemy uh, during the Cold War. Which it seems like we're kind of ourselves having a Cold War with China right now. That's that's going on. But I think China actually poses a, a far bigger threat than the Soviet Union did. Just in terms of their military power, their economy... Um, their military weaponry, they, to me, serve a much bigger threat. And they're using tactics that communists would use. They're going to other countries, they're training people, they're getting ready. Um, they're, they're, and they're not training them in tactics of to fight against some sort of foreign adversary. They're, they're training them to suppress the people in the country over there. Um, so, next I have this completely unrelated article but i thought this was interesting i mean it's related somewhat because it's, it's about china it's uh solar panel industry spews out more carbon than oil or gas so and and generally it's it's a dirty business manufacturing solar panels starting with the raw material it's called or the raw minerals called quartz the refining process produces a highly toxic substance called silicon tetrachloride that some manufacturers simply end up dumping huge amounts of power and heat must be used to manufacture the photovoltaic or voltaic uh, cells. Since most solar cells in the West are manufactured in China, that heat and power are generated by coal-fired coal electricity. Maybe someone should ask why we're buying solar cells to save the planet from carbon pollution when the process of making them not only poisons the earth but dumps as much carbon into the atmosphere as energy produced solely by fossil fuels so yes uh in terms of polluting the the world the most it is china so china has a dirty process of doing this they use coal to make the solar panels we've also seen these photos i've seen these articles about tesla's batteries as well you have to dig pretty deep into the earth to get manganese and nickel i think it is to make those batteries they're very high powered uh that also damages the environment there's also apparently some sort of slave labor going on to make those batteries as well hashtag elon musk uh yeah so Producing a solar panel in China, and this is from the Wall Street Journal now, it's quoting, 
Producing a solar panel in China creates around twice as much carbon dioxide as making it in Europe, said Fengkui Yu, professor of energy systems engineering at Cornell University. In some countries or regions that don't rely heavily on fossil fuels for electricity generation, such as Norway or France, installing a high-carbon Chinese-made solar panel might not reduce emissions at all, he said. Uh, finding alternatives won't be easy. China's surging and cheaper polysilicon production has harmed U.S. producers, forcing the shutdowns of several factories that use power sources with lower carbon emissions than Chinese producers. Um, the West's largest producer of solar-grade polysilicon, Wacker Chemi AG, pays up to four times as much for power at its factories in Germany compared with Chinese producers in Xinjiang, said company spokesman Christoph Backmeyer. So yes, what's going on is China's undercutting everybody, and China's been doing this. China, in, manuf in terms of manufacturing, they use the least environmentally friendly ways to do it. They pay the people the least, so they're able to undercut everybody on the market. And in the United States, there's so much regulation and rules on how you can make uh, solar panels that you have to make them in such a clean fashion, and in doing so, you have to pay more money in order to get that power, that kilowatt. Um, percent or whatever and you don't need to do that same thing in china because they undercut the market it's kind of a representation of how chinese markets work in a general sense uh especially if you look at items like headphones you know you want to get any type of video game all these things that come from china they all the quality is crap it always is uh, especially recently i've noticed it's just crappy quality but you can get it so cheap that you're okay with buying three of them it, it, for example, I used to have a phone case. It was a charging phone case for an Apple iPhone. Cost me, I think, like 30 bucks. But it, it would hold, you know, double the charge of a regular iPhone. It wasn't as protective on my phone. It had a lot of problems. It just wasn't as good as having the actual Apple charging case. Uh, I think it's called like an Apple smart case. The Apple smart case, though, cost $115. So I could go ahead and I could buy three of these Chinese crappy cases from my phone and say, oh, if it breaks, I'll just keep getting a new one over and over again. And rather than buy the Apple smart case charging charging uh, case. And that's kind of how the Chinese market is able to undercut everybody because it is, it's not only, you know, $10 cheaper, it is like fractionally cheaper products that they come out with and a lot of their products are made out of crappy materials it's not really good man well manufactured uh but that's just kind of a representation of how they undercut the market and how solar panels as well actually aren't as carbon emission free as people think they are so senator warren i have this uh, other article daily wire she's talking about canceling student debt and calling it a racial justice issue so during an interview with CNN anchor Don Lemon, Warren countered Pelosi's rebuttal because Nancy Pelosi, surprisingly, uh, doesn't think that the government has the power or, or the president has the power. She said something like the it has to go through the legislative branch, which she would be correct, uh, but that the federal government doesn't have the power to just cancel student debt, student loan debt. I would, I would say fundamentally, the government in a general sense, no matter what they vote, doesn't have the power to do things like that. Because really what you're doing is you're prioritizing one person over another. You're picking winners and losers. You're saying, hey, you have to, hey, Mike, take your money and give it away to this guy because we said so. Because that's what the government does in this case, right? So she asserted herself, she said, and I quote, the president does have the power to cancel student loan debt. And you know how I know that. Because President Barack Obama did it, President Trump did it, and President Biden has already done it. President Obama did it for several million people. President Trump did it when he said for all 43 million with outstanding, with, with outstanding uh, student loan debt, I forgive your interest and you can spend payments. That's canceling your interest, not delay it, cancel it, end quote. So yeah, apparently, I think I think Trump might have delayed their student loan debt, said, hey, you don't have to pay it. That was most recently with COVID. You don't have to pay it for so many months um, and what, what have you. So that somehow now translates to 
you can completely just forgive all of it. I mean, it's not the same. He doesn't have if he does though. She she makes it like if the if the president has the executive power to do that, then the president can just cancel everything. Realistically, the the president doesn't have the executive power to do any of that stuff. Period. Um, and she goes on. She states, and I quote: "And President Biden has done both of those things. So presidents have the power. They." They have used the power. I just want to see him use that power to cancel $50,000 in student loan debt. Uh, end quote. So, yeah. This is, once again, this is the government picking winners and losers. This is the government confiscating wealth from one person and giving it away to another. Uh, there's, there's no other way to put this. So, she goes on. She continues. And I quote. And I'll tell you why. It's because of the people who need the debt canceled. 40% of folks who are carrying student loan debt don't have a college diploma. They tried, but life caught up with them. Uh, they had babies or someone in the family got sick. They were working three jobs, and now they're earning what a high school grad earns, but they're paying on college loans. <laughs> End quote. So, first off, don't you always like how, how in Liberalville... It's always negative. It's never like, there's never like a happy, glad, go lucky day. It's always, oh, well, they have all these jobs now. They're grueling, working a hard uh, high school grad earned degree uh, job. Yeah, if you're a high school grad, you can go drive a truck and you can make over $100,000 a year easy. If you work crazy overtime, you make around $300,000 a year being an operator of a uh, of a truck. I'm not saying that's what everybody should be doing. But to make it like somebody that has a high school degree automatically or a high school diploma and that's it, somehow is automatically destined to be a poor uh, or destitute is just a false dichotomy. She's just making things up. These are just go-lucky things that people say in the Democrat Party. Their focus group tested answers. And they just regurgitate them over time, especially this idea of, of people working three jobs. I don't, I've never known, I think maybe, I've never known of, of anybody that has worked, I know one person my entire life that has worked three jobs and it was like, you know, they worked one job, just one shift on the weekend, they worked a couple shifts here and there. it wasn't like one of them was a 40 hour job. It wasn't like they were working three jobs and doing 80 hours of work a week. That, that's just, it's just not happening. Uh, to pay the bills, maybe people are choosing to do that to get to make more money. But doing those three, working those three jobs just alone to be able to afford the bills, I don't know of anybody ever doing that. But in Liberalville, everyone's doing that, and everybody's poor. So, so forty percent of folks who carry around student debt. So she's making it like these forty percent of people that have student debt and don't have a college diploma, they're all working three jobs. That's just not the case. If you did any type of case study, any analysis, you're not going to find those numbers. It's just not, it's just unrealistic. I, mean, I don't know of a, I know of one person my entire life that I've ever known that had three jobs at one time. So next she goes on. She, she also claimed that it was an economic justice issue and a racial justice issue. She stated in a quote, African-Americans borrow more money to go to school more money while they're in school and have a harder time paying it off when they get out of school. Canceling $50,000 of student loan debt would help close the black-white wealth gap for people with student loan debt by 25 points and for Latinos by 27 points, end quote. So notice it isn't an equality of opportunity here. Equality of opportunity would be we want everybody to go to college. We want everyone to have the opportunity to go to college, which which was their claim originally, and why they came out with. And this is how this is how liberalism just goes further and further. And uh, this is why it is like a mental deceit, disease, like a mental disorder. It just goes more and more power in the hands of the government. Liberalism. Okay, we want everyone to have the equal opportunity. Therefore, we're going to give out government loans for education, so people are going to get liberal arts degrees, and they're overpaying for their education. But it's good because everybody got a college degree. This is amazing. Um, so this is what ended up happening. Now, what happened is we have a bunch of people that went to school for useless degrees, and they're not making any, or they dropped out of school before even getting the degree, and now they don't ha they don't make enough money to pay off their student loan debt. So what are we going to do? We're going to take your student loan debt. We're going to forgive it because there's it, there we need to establish an equality of outcome now because there's a black white wealth gap and and it's unre it's unrelated to whether or not somebody went to college now. So now we need to establish an equality with that. So what we're going to do is white guy over here. We're going to take your money and we're going to give it away to to the black 
the black person that went to school that isn't making as much money as you are or, or went to school and dropped out because they're not making as much money as you are. And we're going to justify it through racial justice. And this is what, this is what the liberals do. They, they justify through things through racial justice, equity, um, you know, sexual justice, I guess you would say. Like, you know, a, a guy and a girl, the gender roles are the... We're going to make it like everybody's the same with this whole draft thing. With Anybody that wants their daughter to be drafted is an imbecile. You're a moron. That's a stupid... That's the dumbest idea I've heard of thus far by the liberals. I can't think of... I mean, there's so many idiotic ideas that come out of their, their mouths every single day. But that one by far is the dumbest one. The drafting of girls um, into our military. It's just a horrible idea. But yes, this is what they want. They want the equality of outcome because the equality of opportunity to them is not enough. They need the gap, the wealth gap. We need everybody to make exactly the same. It doesn't matter what your job is. This is communism. It doesn't matter. We're commies. We're communists. If you're a janitor, you're a doctor, you're a computer engineer, you're a software engineer, you're a graphic designer, uh, you're a garbage man, you are, drive a truck for a living. It doesn't matter. We're not going to value you at what the market values your work, we're going to value you at what the government decides to value your work at. How valuable do we think you are? We will be the kingmakers. We will make, we are, we are prioritizing one group over the other and we will make the kings and we will make the peasants. That's pretty much what the government is saying in this case. So I have one more clip and then I have the quick headlines. So I got officer done. If you guys don't remember last week, or the weekend special, that was the officer that spoke on the January 6th commission, and he goes on CNN, and there was another one also that was on CNN, in the middle of the show, he got up and he hugged Don Lemon, it was just super weird, and people were making a bunch of gay jokes on Twitter, which was pretty hilarious, but uh, I'm going to refrain from doing so, you got Officer Dunn, he's on CNN as well, and he's, he's, talking about the riots over the summer, the summer BLM riots, but then he says, oh, but but January 6th is much worse because they're trying to overthrow democracy. Uh, play clip five. Protest is what this country is about. The First Amendment, the Constitution, like, that's the democracy of it. But once you start attacking people, attacking things, then that's wrong. And, that, and you know what? That goes to the riots this summer. They were wrong. If you peacefully protest, then sure. But the riots and the, the violence and the damage this summer... This, they were wrong. They were wrong. And that's the exact same thing that happened at the Capitol. But their goal was to overthrow democracy, which is a bigger threat to America. I'm really wondering, I, it, gets to, it gets to an extent where like the conspiracy theorists are almost justified in what they say, where they, it's like they pick these perfect people to be on the board, to be at this January 6th commission, uh, he goes, even, I'll even say the BLM riots just to make a point. Because I supported them before, which I have this tweet from him here. Uh, replying to Tucker Carlson, uh, let me see what month it was. It was August, yep, August 28th, 2020. So this was while all these riots were going on. And this was re replying to, I guess, a video from Tucker Carlson on Twitter. And this is stupid that a cop would go ahead and say any of this. Like, when you're a police officer, you might as well just get off of all social media because they can be used in your future to just destroy your career. Uh, he said, why is murder an appropriate response to property damage, but property damage isn't a an appropriate response to murder? So he's supporting, in this, in this tweet, he's supporting, why is it that, that you can murder people uh, if they're damaging, if they're damaging your property, but property, if somebody's murdered, we can't damage and destroy other people's property that are completely unrelated to the case, which really he's just saying, I'm okay with lawlessness. It doesn't really matter anymore. That's his rule as a police officer. His job is to uphold the law, uphold the rule of law and keep some sort of a stability, stability in the system. And what his answer is, well, you know, it's okay to kill people over property. So that pretty much means that, you know, we could just go and loot anybody's house because we said, because we want to. I mean, this is the, this is one of the, like, when people say stupid shit like this, you should just think, okay, imagine if a mob was just outside of his house ready to take hold of the entire establishment, would he then actually engage in some sort of, like, he's making it as if he wouldn't engage in some sort of violent behavior if that happened to him. I mean, give me, it's just, it's just ridiculous. These people, these liberals, they live in, like, this bubble. They don't live in the real world. They don't live in real life. So they don't really, they can't understand it. They can't compute it. 
because they don't have real life uh, scenarios. They don't have experience where they've dealt with people like this violent people. They have no idea. They're they're unaware of it. And this guy is a cop, and he doesn't. And he just he seems like he doesn't have a clue. Like this is why I say this is why why I said, talk about the conspiracy theorist. You're telling me this guy really thinks that people unarmed a bunch of unarmed people that were taking selfies in the Capitol building that were led in by you and your officers were trying to overthrow democracy. Like, do you really think that that could have actually happened? Do you think people in America, if there's a group of, of what you would call extremists that want to overthrow democracy, their first thought would be, let's walk into a place where government is all over the place. There's police officers, there's secret service members, and let's walk in there unarmed. To overthrow democracy, unarmed, because that's got that's always worked. An unarmed revolution has always worked. How we got our independence, it was unarmed. Of course, we just walked up to the British and we we stalked them, slapped them in the face, and that was it. I mean, this is it's just stupid. There's just no reasonableness to this. Anyone that says that there was an insurrection, that there was an attempt to overthrow democracy, that there was treason, there's not one person that has been charged with any of those things. So those are just unsubstantiated claims that you're just making up and you are confounding the definition of those terms so quick headlines the gop has a bill that they put through a bill i think it was 10 different gop senators put a bill or or representatives in the house trying to put a bill through to audit the cdc uh that's an epic times piece a new biden harris approval poll or all really all the approval polls are showing that uh over the last month or so they have been losing their popularity. You have a YouGov America poll. Harris unpopularity hit 49% when her popularity hovers over 45%. They're just getting wrecked on the numbers. A Gallup poll from July uh, 2017 talking about Pence's unfavorability was 41.9%, while his favorability was 42%. Now, if you compare that to uh, to Harris, her unpopular with young voters is 36%, but her unpopular with, uh, unpopular hit 49%, so that's even higher than Pence, and Pence was kind of just like, you know, he's a quiet guy, doesn't really say much, people are not a huge fan of him, because he's an evangelical Christian, uh, Harris's poor numbers match those of her boss, talking about President Biden, Rasmussen poll showed that at least 52% of likely voters disapprove of Biden's work in the White House, and 42% said they strongly disapprove of Biden's presidency. Oh, man. Only 26% approve of him so- thus far in that poll. ABC News poll uh, recently found that just 45% of Americans are optimistic about the direction of the country. The drop is nearly 20% lower than the 64% optimism polled in May shortly after Biden completed 100 days in office. So people were much more optimistic uh, about two or three months ago than they are now currently, which isn't surprising to me. The A morning consult Politico poll released last week said 47% of registered voters said they had an unfavorable view of, of Harris and 45% had an unfavorable view of Biden. So they're just, they're just getting rocked in the polls right now from what it looks like. You can check this piece out. Once again, everything that I refer to, it'll be in the show notes. This one will be, uh, the description of this one will be, New Biden-Harris approval polls. (laughs) Yeah, they're getting destroyed. Uh, I have this other piece from The Federalist just asking the question of who is it that unmasked Tucker Carlson? It kind of goes into the history of uh, past administrations, some of their policies, and why is it that, that Biden must have changed his DOJ policy, or rather the NSA policies, uh, through some sort of executive action for them to be able to unmask Tucker, because whoever it is must be should be getting in trouble right now. It seems like that's not the case. So I have another one, Epic Times. 65,000 stories have been added to Trump's big tech lawsuit. Uh, so there's other stories, I guess, that coincide with Donald Trump of being suppressed, being taken off the platform, being suspended, wrongfully so. And uh, he's adding that to his lawsuit against big tech. So Trump has raised $82 million in, in the first half of 2021, post-millennial piece. So yes, I think, me personally, I am subscribed to the Trump text message notification, right? I am currently getting like two or three of them a day now. I think they're asking for money. I do think, if I had to guess, I think Trump's going to run in this next election just 
by that sheer fact alone and some of the messaging that he's been doing whenever he, he gets on uh, Fox News or any other conservative shows. Uh, not a big fan of that. I'd kind of rather have somebody else run just because of the age restriction. Probably, probably more than anything, the age restriction, considering we've all been ripping Biden for being too old and having all of these, his mental fac- faculties have been compromised. So I'm not a huge fan of Trump uh, going forward just for that reason alone. Much rather have somebody maybe more potent, younger, a little robust, a little something, a little mix up, a little different. But I will say, if Trump ends up winning, it would be a huge backhand to the to the liberals. So I I wouldn't really mind it that much in a way. Uh, Project Veritas. This is the last one I got. This one's interesting. Project Veritas leaked an AOC documentary off of CNN, and CNN has yet to even release this documentary. So Project Veritas must have some really really deep ties in CNN, somebody that's pretty high up on the organizational structure, high up on the ladder. And yeah, they gave him this documentary about AOC. And it's about 10 minutes long, this video. I, I It's on Rumble. You can watch it. It's pretty fun. I mean, AOC, they're, they're playing her up like she's Che Guevara. Like she's this huge deal. And, and once I'm not, I'm not a fan of Che Guevara. But they're playing her up like she's, you know, the, the next leader of the free world. And she says some stupid, unsubstantiated stuff um, about the Capitol building and all that, all that crap. But yeah, that'll be interesting if you want to check that out. That'll be under Project Veritas Leaks AOC documentary off CNN. So I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, uh, please like, share, subscribe. If you want, you can shoot me an email, tell me things. Shoot me an email. I mean, I would love to just get some more current events from some of the viewers. If you see something that's cool that you want me to cover, want me to look at and read over, and maybe I can give you like some sort of a political analysis from a different perspective of your own, uh, send it, shoot it to my email, thefederalistfiles at gmail.com. I would have greatly appreciate that. Please don't send me any spam or, or any hacks or anything like that, but... I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in, like I said, as always. And I will uh, see you all next time. We're kind of starting to wind down on these uh, Federalist Papers. We're only going to have a couple more left. So, yes, I will see you folks next time. Thank you. Thank you.